0: It's time for my One, Two, Three Cents, the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me the hell, yeah! Now, here's your host.
1: The man is also a very long, dear personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin
0: Huntsberger.
1: Woo! If you've dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler, it's time to make that dream a reality. The Stride Pro Wrestling Training Academy is now enrolling new students. Classes meet on Tuesdays and Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. for just $60 per month. Be sure to check out the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page at facebook.com slash strideprowrestling and get enrolled now. Hey friends, welcome to a special bonus episode of the My One Two Three Cents podcast. I think this may be the first time i've done a bonus episode but uh not very often do we have the big breaking news and we're we're cranking this out about 24 hours after the initial announcement and that is of course that vince mcmahon has retired from wwe and my guest today my friend former tag team partner tyler heath hatton who you know i I, i'm glad that you reached out and and wanted to record something because you have and we'll we'll talk all about it here but you have kind of a different perspective of Vince McMahon than what a typical wrestling fan or someone that, you know, isn't necessarily involved within the wrestling business would have.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, you know, I, I view him completely different. And, um, you know, I mean, we're, we're messaging back and forth and we we got a few people who are going to love this podcast. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, I I completely, you know, I I view it differently. And and I, you know, I view him differently. And I I view wrestling differently than most people do. And, you know, I think when it comes to a a figure like him, you know, or or anybody in sports or entertainment, you know, it is – what do you know you i feel like we see them we allow these people in our tvs and in our homes and we view them differently you know than than probably what they really are in their personal life or what they do so i have a different take on it and and you know it is um you know it's definitely (laughs) Definitely going to be a fan favorite, probably. Yeah. Well,
1: and I'm going to just kind of do a little bit of a a step back and go back to kind of those first memories of Vince McMahon. And for me, you know, I started watching wrestling. um, My first real wrestling memory was in uh, late 1982 with World Class. But then by 83, I was definitely watching the WWF. And back then, Vince McMahon was the ring announcer, the commentator. I didn't know that he was actually the man behind all of the magic and you know, had started you know watching, I'm 10 or 11 years old at this point. And it wasn't until I think probably, I don't know, maybe a year into me watching wrestling that my dad had mentioned kind of off the cuff that he thought that Vince McMahon was the owner. And I'm guessing there were probably some news articles or news stories done that kind of put him out there. But for a very long time, you know, Unless you knew, you didn't really know because he never kind of played that character on TV. Now, you're, you know, 10 or 12 years younger than me, so when did you start wa- watching wrestling with Vince McMahon? What role was he in at that time? Was he doing announcing and commentary still, or was he already the evil Mr. McMahon character? No,
0: I, I watched... When I was, uh, you know, in 88, I was 3. Mm-hmm. So, I um, don't want to bring that up. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, and. You know I was a I, I like Jake the Snake Roberts uh, and I like Paul Hogan, but I think I talked before I really did not quite understand good guy bad guy when I was like five six seven
1: mm-hmm. I don't
0: know why I, I just didn't and so um, you know at the time early 90s Jake the Snake was a bad guy um, I didn't know that I thought he was a good guy I thought he was cool because he had a snake and I didn't realize, you know, I thought, you know, they were legit fighting. And when you legit fight, you know, whatever goes, you know, from yeah. the movies. And so I just remember like, yeah, I mean, it's cool. He puts his snake on the people that he beat, you know, it's cartoonish to me. Um, and I watched it then, but I don't remember Vincent Man* at that mm-hmm. time. So I, I didn't remember announcers. I didn't remember stuff like that. So and then, um, you know, when I was about seven or eight early 90s, um, 91, 92, I kind of stopped watching it, uh, for the main part, uh, where we lived, we didn't have cable. And so we, I lived in town and we had it. And then my family had two houses, one in town, one out in the country. And, uh, the one out in the country was way out in the country. And back then, like, there was no way to get any, there was no cable, there was no satellite, nothing like that. So, we didn't get it and then um, we didn't get a local TV where I lived um, and so anyway um, we ended up getting kind of a version of cable slash um, satellite type of thing and then I actually this was about 96 97 and I was watching WCW mm. and um, and I was big into uh, WCW and a friend of mine was at the time a huge stone cold steve austin fan and um we all know sam hunter Mm -hmm. um about that time we were we became friends and we would talk wrestling and stuff and there was another guy named um you know jacob knight who's actually friends with sam and, and he posts stuff with him but anyway he was a huge wcw guy so we would all just three talk all the time and and Sam was the first like smart mark that I like knew but not knew mm-hmm. because he would read all the internet dirt sheets and stuff back then. <laughs> and he would include me, and I had no clue like that this world existed. And but um, but he would you know he would always talk about stuff. And and my friend, my other friend, loved uh, WWE and Stone Cold and how cool he was. And anyway. Um, We would watch all the pay-per-views, and um, his family would buy them. They would buy the WCW and the WWE, and we would get to come over and pitch $5. And the first time that I had saw um, a WWE that, believe it or not, was uh, Stone Cold versus um, Shawn Michaels. Mm -hmm. And um, that was the first time that I can really remember watching WWE. And um, and then that's kind of when I got introduced to Vince McMahon and kind of that whole situation. And then from there, it was flipping back and forth. So my first introduction was the Vince McMahon character. Um, I mean, I'm sure I've seen him. I just don't remember him.
1: And, you know, I think that, you know, you mentioned pretty much close off to the top that I, I understand that there are going to be people that are going to be, you know, why are they celebrating this guy or why are they doing whatever? And, you know, obviously the allegations that are against him, and and at this point as we record this on July 23rd, they are still allegations. There is an investigation. You can draw whatever conclusions you want to draw and, and assume whatever you want to assume. But we are speaking of, or at least from my perspective, I am speaking as a fan of someone who, for the last 40 years, has watched this man on TV, listened to his commentary, watched his character evolve and develop through the years, and so I'm speaking from that perspective. What I saw on TV. I'm not, uh, you know, analyzing and, and criticizing what he did behind closed doors, allegedly or or you know, not allegedly, whatever, however you want to view that. So, you know, for me those early days of Saturday Night's Main Event and WrestleMania and the build-up of the WWF brand, uh, you know, launching and going global, going worldwide, I would say, and I would assume you would agree with this, without Vince McMahon, his vision, and whomever he chose to surround himself with at that time, one of those people being Hulk Hogan, I don't know that we would be having this podcast if, if My123Cents would ever exist, if Stride Pro Wrestling would ever exist, because it really took a very uh, regionalized, very uh, kind of... I, I don't know how to, to word it exactly, but it was it, it took a product that was mm, not so savory in some parts of the world, um, and really catapulted it into pop culture and, and made it what it is today, and there's no AEW, there's no Impact Wrestling, and you know, I don't think we see the growth and development of WCW or ECW had Vince McMahon not launched at all in those early 80 day, 80s days.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole thing, you know, when you know, people's you know, feathers get ruffled and stuff, whenever you say you know, and, and whenever you say love them or hate them or whatever. Um, and that's really the truth, you know, it is. It is the same thing, in my opinion, uh, about anybody. You know, mm-hmm. O.J. Simpson, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, you you. know when they post the all-time rushing leaders, his name's up there. Um, when you post, you know, how many, for the longest time, I think he owned the record for rush yards in a game. And, you know, he got broke. But when they posted, that guy broke the record, they had to post O.J. Simpson. Mm-hmm. And so I think they're, you know, me and you, I think, on the, we're cut from the same cloth where we can cut – Politics or personal side out of things, and just look at what we're looking at. Same thing, you know. When Kobe Bryant passed away, you had a lot of people bring up Mm. the rape allegations and stuff. And you know, you had people that that's all that they could they could fixate on. And you know, we don't. Me and you are we're just not political people. But Mm -hmm. the same thing with Donald Trump. You know, (laughs) right? Um, You know, love him or hate him. You know, uh, he has allegations against him. He paid somebody money. He says he did nothing wrong, but he still admitted under oath that he paid her. And so it doesn't, you know, it's, it's neither here nor there. It doesn't take away, in my opinion, what he did running the country. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't, you know, I, I look at it like everybody, almost everybody has skeletons in their closet or done things that, that they are not proud of. um, I have, you Mm -hmm. know, and so, I mean, you see it with cancel culture and people bringing up people's tweets or stuff from 2000, whatever. Right. I think the hard pill to swallow with, with Vince man, for a lot of people. And I think they're justified is a lot of these allegations were 2016, 2017, you know, mm-hmm. they were pretty fresh. And yeah. so it wasn't something that happened a long time ago. So I do in a way, I do understand that, but on the other side of it, um, What he did again—you cannot like the saying or agree or whatever, but love him or hate him. Like he changed wrestling and he put it on the map and he made it what it is today. Him himself, and um, and he does get credit for that, uh, regardless of how terrible of a husband he is or a father or a businessman. He he made it what it is and he does get credit for that um so you know it's it's kind of you know you know a, a lot of things you know Crispin law you know um he he gets a lot of credit for being a great wrestler and he was just recently somebody recently just you know tweeted about him and stuff and and it ruffled a lot of people's you know feathers but you know yeah i think it's it's very um you know i, I think people don't understand that uh, people like myself and people like you who love wrestling and I've grown up in wrestling and I've got a lot of opportunities in wrestling. I'm not naive and stupid enough to not know that it is in a large part mainly because of this guy. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't know what he does in his personal life. I have no clue. Yeah. And um, and And if he did some horrible things – then he's honestly he's paying the price for it so you know he's lost his job he's lost his company he's lost his you know his iconic you know status um you know he's lost all that so i mean he's definitely paying the price for what he did and as far as we know let's say the allegations are true he has not done anything illegal you know and like chris jericho said it you know now is it unethical or you know yes very much so does it make you kind of a crappy horrible person (laughs) very much so but as far as we know right now he has not broken the law and um and so um again like our views people need to understand our views about Vince McMahon are strictly a wrestling owner and promoter and we're not you know we're just not those I'm not going to sit here and talk about somebody's personal life I wouldn't talk about your personal life or anybody else you know i would just talk about you being you know good or bad on the news so
1: (laughs) well you know and i think up until probably a month or so ago i think most people never would have imagined a time in wrestling without vince mcmahon with with the exception of, of his death in other words i don't think anybody Uh, ever expected him to retire you know you listen to the podcast with whether it's Eric Bischoff or Jim Ross or uh, Bruce Pritchard you know they talk about this amazing work ethic that he has that he works through all hours of the night and he's up early and he's in the gym and he's you know he takes care of his body and he takes care of his business and I'm curious to know from your perspective how will this change the face of wrestling I feel like there have already been some small ripples, and obviously Stephanie McMahon on Friday night opened up SmackDown. Uh, it's, I guess, she and, and Nick Khan are going to be co-CEO. Triple H is back as Executive Vice President of, of Talent Relations. You know, when we see, and, and we really haven't seen, a different owner at the top of the hill for WWE since we all became fans, so I'm curious to know what you think will, you know, people like Kevin Don and Bruce Pritchard and, and some of these other uh, high-ranking officials, are they going to get phased out, replaced, taken out because it is a new administration? You know, this is like a, you know, a 40-year reign of, a, of a, a leader who is now gone, and do you remove his people, bring in your own, and, and rebuild and, and repurpose this brand that has, has stood the test of time?
0: What I think here, here is my whole uh, thought process. And again, people, I have no inside information. I have nobody telling me this is my personal beliefs mm-hmm. and I could be wrong. I, number one, I don't think Vince was, was, was forced to quit by the board mm-hmm. or forced to retire. Uh, and why I think that and I will explain, he's had investigations, he's had trials Mm-hmm. He's had all sorts of stuff this whole time. I mean, from Owen Hart to Kristen wall to the the steroid trial. I mean, he has had many things, a concussion, you know, lawsuit, all sorts of stuff yeah. that he has had that has put, you know, uh, really kind of showed what people see the unethical side of him. And, and anyway, with that being said, you know the the employees not having health insurance and all that stuff, he has overcame, and he still didn't retire. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I've thought all along, and I said on here, I I one hundred percent think Nick Khan um, was brought in to to sell the company, mm. and I've said that on this podcast. Yeah. I really, honestly believe that was, um, the case. And, uh, I cannot remember. I tried to think when I knew we were going to do this podcast, but I know it was, it was on one of the major podcasts that, that I listened to. Um, I'm wanting to say they were, they brought up how Fox had wanted, how it was reported Fox had wanted CM Punk Mm, and, and, um, you know, how they had talked about that. And I'm I don't remember who it was. It might have been Eric Bischoff. it might have been somebody else. I can't remember. but anyway, the person said, well, when when they when when WWE was negotiating with Fox to buy the company, if they wanted CM Punk, they should have bought the company. And that really like I remember that kind of hit me like why would they say that? And then later it came out that you know Fox originally was negotiating to buy the company then they ended up settling for, you know, just having SmackDown. Um, and and so with that being said, I do, I think Nikon Nick was brought in to try to sell the company. And I think that's kind of been the plan all along. And so with that being said, I think Vince McMahon resigned because of the effect it will have on the future sale of the company. Mm. And so with this scandal and, and everything that, that he's done and the negative light and having him backstage, and, I mean, really, the, 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 to my thing, the straw that broke the camel's back is the employee that said that if she didn't give him pleasure, she was, you know, not going to move up or, or, or going to mm-hmm. get let go. And so, I mean, that, that right there alone I feel like was the allegation that, you know, pretty much you can't have that person in charge while you're trying to sell a company Yeah, and for the amount of money that they're going to want to sell it for. Sure. So with that being said, um, you know, I think that that him retiring and stepping away is simply for the sale of a company. And, you know, every major news thing that I, that I've seen on Twitter, I mean, uh an anchor from you know from cnn an anchor from msnbc all these things that i've seen on twitter were like you know now that Vince McMahon has retired wwe is primed to sell uh mm-hmm. i saw like three or four different articles on that like who would be a possible buyer you know type of thing and so that's that's my whole thought process so all these people that that are in charge and running things, I don't really know if they're safe. Yeah, because I I get the feeling that everything that's been done since he since Nick has come along has been to position the company to sell, and I I do not get the vibe that that Vince McMahon is a type of guy that would resign or retire because. Somebody's telling him to. I, I yeah. 100% think that the whole plan was indeed to to sell the company, and and he, um, him not being there is what's best <laughs> for the company to, to sell. That, yeah, and that could be and that could be completely wrong. I could be as far off as you could possibly be. Yeah, no, it, it makes a, a lot of
1: sense. What do you make of the reports? And and I'm you, you can't see me, but I'm. Uh, using air quotes for reports because, uh, again, I feel like the internet gets a hold of something and then all the fans, uh, not all the fans, but the fans regurgitate it and take it as gospel. But allegedly, Brock Lesnar left SmackDown on Friday night uh, before the show started um, in response to Vince McMahon's uh, retirement. Uh, You know, whether or not it happened and whether or not it's true, maybe he was was pissed off in the moment and, and needed to get away. Maybe it never happened at all. Maybe it did. I don't know. But at the end of the night, we saw Brock Lesnar on SmackDown. You know, do you think, I mean, I can't imagine talent, especially someone of of Brock Lesnar's stature, you know, I get that he has a relationship with Vince McMahon, but, I mean, uh, would somebody really breach a contract or, or walk out because of a change in or a potential change in ownership, especially since he had, Vince McMahon had already, you know, kind of stepped down from his duties a couple of weeks ago. So I, again, I don't think I put too much credence into those reports in the first place. But would we see potential backlash if a, if a new owner came in that uh, you know men and women wanting to be released and 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 go you know does AEW grow in strength? With all of this news as well. So, I guess that's a two pronged question.
0: Okay, well, first of all, here's my thoughts on the Brock Lesnar thing mm-hmm. walking out. And now, it's, it, again, it has nothing to do with Vince McMahon as owner of WWE. Mm-hmm. Like, it is 100 and 150% to do with Vince McMahon no longer being in charge of creative. And so, I mean, you have to think, I mean, you, like, and most, you know, wrestling marks around the world don't get it uh, because they're they're clueless. But, like, somebody like Brock Lesnar's status who brings in that much money, you know, and brings that much, you know, um, viewership and that much eyes and dollars, like, when he signs... He is negotiating strictly with Vince McMahon. Mm. I think a lot of these guys deal with maybe it's Kevin Dunn or it's John Laurinaitis or whatever. Yeah. you know, I mean, very randomly, I think are you dealing actually with Vince McMahon? Yeah, um, you know, because he's so far up the ladder. However, if you're an Undertaker or you're a Brock Lesnar or you're a John Cena or you're a Rock, you are dealing with Vince McMahon that's who you're talking to that's who you're dealing with and so I think you know um, and just uh, not and not throwing that out there but like Brock Lesnar's locker room the last time I was there um, was right next to Vince's I mean they were like in the same area and so completely you know I mean it literally said Vince's office and then underneath it just said Brock's you know Brock's locker room mm-hmm. so I mean he was right there next to him and So with that being said, like, he has to have some kind of pool. obviously. You can't be an idiot and think not in connection with Vince. And Vince is not there and no longer in charge of creative. And and now I get it, you know, Bruce is in control or whatever. But now you have (laughs) Nick Khan sitting there. And Bruce is going to him and Stephanie. Bruce is not going to Vince McMahon. So it's if if Bruce and Brock can't agree on creative or Stephanie and and the rest of them can't agree on creative, like Brock no longer has Vince to be that guy that says, yeah, we'll go with Brock's idea. And so I really do think that's what it was probably about. if it was true, Mm -hmm. that, you know, that's, that's, that's the first thing that I, that I really think, um, when I when I think of of that. And the second thing that I that I think to answer the, the first part of your question, the second part about people leaving or whatever,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when I think about who's when you think about the producers, or you think about Vince McMahon and you hear stories about him wrestling Kurt Ankle on a flight mm-hmm. or you know, him trying to fight Kofi Kingston, you know, you hear all these stories Vince McMahon, whatever, for what whatever you believe, I think is one of the boys. Yeah. And what I mean is, is he just, he is. He's one of the boys. Yeah. I think Triple H, obviously, one of the boys. Yeah. Then you look at their producers. Adam Pierce, one of the boys. And Abyss, one of the boys. And, you know, Jason Jordan. So you have guys that are... Or wrestlers and you know you've been in a locker room wrestlers are different right they're a different breed they think different and but they all were all cut from the same cloth mentally if you're backstage in a locker room you you think and you see it differently than somebody behind the computer and and that's not knocking anybody right i mean you'd even have to admit being backstage in a locker room or putting a or putting a match together or seeing the way you put it together your views on wrestling change sure. once you got a peek behind the curtain. Absolutely, and and, and and it's really the way you you watch wrestling, the way you view it, it changes everything once you have, have done it. And when you're a fan, you you just you you literally you just you don't get it, you know. And, and that's not a knock on fans by any means, but you just it's a different way to view it. Mm-hmm. And anyway, with that being said, all that comes down to this. I don't see Nick Kahn and Stephanie McMahon as one of the boys. Yeah, and I and and, and I think that's where the problem probably lies. Um, and I think that's why they announced first that Triple H was now in charge of talent relations. Mm-hmm. And and so um, I think that. But that's kind of, I think, probably the big shakeup or the biggest shock is, you know, you, you look at somebody like that. And I just, you know, they they haven't, you know, Stephanie is, you know, um, a really, probably a really good leader, probably really good organized And she does get the business. She's grown up in it. Um, but, I mean, and, and it could be a good thing to not have, you know, one of the quote unquote boys or whatever in, in, in charge. But I think that would be a shock. Um, and the second part of that with like AEW and all that, um, you know, I, I think, just in my opinion, I think AEW is just a completely different company than WWE is. I think that they do things so much differently. Um, right or wrong, mm-hmm. I don't think that they are the the same type of company. Now, I'm interested to see now that WWE is going, you know, 14 again, TV 14, and they're getting away from the PG stuff to kind of see where they go. But the wrestling, just the styles are just completely different. The way that they plan their TV shows are completely different. So, I don't think WWE is just—it's that machine, and it seems that it's it's stayed the same way for a long time, um, and I, you know, I I think the only real way that, that WWE can go from this, in my opinion, is is in an upward direction mm. uh, because I think you're going to get new ideas. And and I think this is going to generate a buzz. People are going to want to see what happens. People are going to want to see, uh, you know, and whether it stays with it and it stays a test of time will be interesting to see, but I don't think any other company is going to really benefit right now in the mm-hmm. short term from Vince McMahon being gone. Um, you know, I, I think that's, um, I don't think that's realistic to think only because aew has their business model and has their way of doing things
1: fair assessment um i don't know many people probably as i'm thinking about this that i actually know and have uh, you know either been friends with or have communicated with it's a very short list of people who have met vince mcmahon um and have, have had any kind of interaction with him, and, and you had posted it out, out on Facebook shortly after he announced that he was retiring, that you you have met him before. Talk to me, uh, talk to us about what that's like. And, you know, obviously I, I'm not looking for like a, a, a analysis of, of his behaviors and, and whatnot, but, you know, there's always this kind of Internet lore that he is, uh, you know, kind of this gruff and, and maybe intimidating, imposing figure. I can't imagine, you know, he's on my short list of people in the wrestling industry that I would love to meet one day, and, and you know, I, I know the chances of that happening are, are slim to none, but what was that like? What was that experience like meeting Vince
0: McMahon? Well, the first, the first time I met him uh, was, well, I was actually ringside, and, and I remember Ace Hawkins was in the, in the ring, and... Uh, they were doing the stuff for Ryback, right and we've talked about that before. I yeah. you know, I was way—I didn't get to do it at first. And anyway, I kind of had to sizzle my way into it. And anyway, um, you know, he actually—I turned around, and and he was right behind me. And uh, and then, you know, you you have this thing, and you actually, you know, you you get a thing that says you can't approach him or mm-hmm. Stephanie or Triple H and stuff. You didn't back then, but. You did. You were told not to approach Vince McMahon back then. And so
1: who told so you I, that, though?
0: Um, he told us not to. Oh, you get in an email. Okay, get in a message. So they kind um, of prep so, people
1: before they get there on how to how to act.
0: Yeah, you get a packet. You okay. Know? Yeah, and um and so um you know that you know and, and so anyway I, I I'm sitting there inside um and I turn around and, and Vince is standing there. And so I, I can remember being like, oh, crap, like, um, you know, I was supposed to say hi to him. Mm-hmm. So I'm just sitting there, and he took his hand out of his pocket and reached it out and mm-hmm. said, Vince McMahon, and put his hand out. And I said, hi, you, know, Ty, you know, Tyler Haddon, very nice to meet you, and I said, thanks for being here. And, um, and so then, anyway, a guy walked up and said, so what are we doing? And, Anyway, I won't go into details about what they were saying. They were they were uh, they were talking and and talking about something. And anyway, um, the next day, um, you know, uh, it was actually no. It was uh, I think it was Smack. It was SmackDown, or it might have been the very next day at Raw. Um, so was this I the actually, night of
1: Extreme Rules twenty twelve yeah, that you're talking about? Okay, yeah. so that was when you met him. And, was it at that night before the show?
0: Yes, okay. before Extreme Rules. And I'm wanting to say it was the next night, but anyway, um, I was, uh, I think it was the next night, uh, and because I, I think it was right after uh, they did the thing where Triple H got his arm broke by Brock or whatever, uh-huh. and so... Um, they didn't want me and Ace at the time to do security because we had wrestled, you know, the night before. Oh yeah, but um, but but anyway, um, I was actually staying. I had taken like you're not supposed to have your phone, mm-hmm. and I had a like three missed phone calls, and uh, from like a family member, I thought something was wrong, and so uh, they knew I was there. So anyway, I kind of snuck away, like around back behind like the catering to make the phone call. Anyway, I was walking out, and they had their, like, their shirts and their merchandise and stuff over the side. And I was walking back to where Ace and some of the other guys were in catering. And um, Triple H had come walking down. And uh, he had opened up the thing, and his arm was fine or whatever. And, and so um, he had, at the time, he had a water bottle in his hand, and he had a bag. And um, he dropped the water bottle. Um, and I was walking around the corner and the, and the water bottle kind of rolled. And so I picked it up and I grabbed it to give it to him. He's like, oh, thanks so much. And about that time, this man came walking over mm. and he was like, um, and I don't know where he was or where he had been. Um, and I mean, this was after the segment. And so he came over and he was talking to, to Triple H, and I'm awkwardly holding <laughs> this water bottle. And so anyway, I give him the water bottle, and then he, you know he says thank you at that point. And then Vince actually was like, said, "Hey, uh, that, uh, great stuff last night. I loved it. Like, you know the, um, you know the, the whatever the the two is greater than one thing. Uh-huh. He's like, well, what? he's like hilarious. You know, it was hilarious, and like I loved it." Crowd loved it. he was like thanks, and you know, and then he walked off. Wow. Um, another time um, when I was there, um, you know, a different time. Um, this was, I think, it was 2015 um, when I did um, a Raw. Um, he uh, he was backstage. It was 2015 or late 2014, um, and I did a, just just did a Raw. I just got booked for a Monday Night Raw. And um, he was backstage, and um, he, had a, he just came walking down the hall where I was sitting. He took his hand out of his pocket, he reached it out, and, and said, How are we doing? And I shook his hand, and then he kept on walking. So, um, you know, definitely, like, I had nothing but, you know, good experience with him, um, good, you know, um, you know good, uh, um, good meetings with him. Um, like I said, he, you know, he had no reason to tell me I had a good job, did a great job or a bad job or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and he did. And, um, and so again, I don't know the, the personal, you know, side, you know, we didn't talk about his personal <laughs> life. Um, but, uh, that, that was my, um, you know, my experiences with meeting him. And, and like I said, um, you know, just got got and I remember that initial, you know, I, I've seen celebrities and, and I've been there when celebrities are there and I there's not a WWE superstar really that I haven't seen in person mm-hmm. or really met, you know, being backstage a few times. Um, he was the one though that you turn around and you're just like when you see him it's like oh god like i mean you're just kind of like you know he's just that polarizing figure that yeah. he almost kind of you know you know it's almost like he has a you know a glow about him you know yeah. he, he just he looks like a hologram you know yeah. it was kind of like the first time i met you on the news. you know <laughs> i was like oh man you know this this is he's really a man well, you know, and I was gonna
1: say you, because you are one of the most confident people I know. Um, you know, and and you have this uh, air about you that when people meet you, I feel like you know. You're you're a good person. You're a good guy, and 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 you put off this this uh, vibe. But even for you, meeting someone the stature of Vince McMahon, and you kind of put it into a good articulation there when you said it was like a hologram, like this larger than life. So I wondered, you know, from your perspective, because, you know, you're kind of the, uh, you know, as as you've posted on social media before and joked about, you're like the A.C. Slater at Bayside. You know, you're that confident jock guy. But then meeting someone, uh, you know, of that, of that stature of, of, of Vince McMahon, it's got to be uh, pretty uh, awe-inspiring and, and, and you know probably thinking back to those early days when he's fighting with Steve Austin in the ring and thinking, I would have never in a million years imagined meeting this guy. And then having him compliment your work. I mean, he's the freaking boss of this company, this billion-dollar company, and he's, he's giving you kudos for, for what you did on his show.
0: You know, to be honest, I mean, I'll be one hundred percent honest. Um, I was actually more nervous to meet um, Triple H than I was Vince McMahon. Really, one hundred percent honest. If I could be honest, um, and and why that is is, you know, um, Vince McMahon like was a polarizing figure, and, and obviously, but like Triple H was like my idol. You know, Mm -hmm. the the guy that, like, you know, I I wanted to be when I was a wrestler. And so, you know, he was the one, you know, um, Vince McMahon was the guy, like, this guy could give me a job and this guy could determine if I make lots of money or not, you know. And so there's that. And then you see him and he's just got this, you know, he's so protected and has this aura around him. But when I met Triple H, that was the only time where I I was so torn because you know I met him there and then he was actually at the private tryouts that you know that I got to do and stuff and you know you you don't at that time at that moment where I was in my wrestling career you don't you don't get to be a fan Mm -hmm. and so I didn't get to be like dude I'm a huge fan you know, I, I love, like, you know, you're great. You know, um, you're the whole reason I wanted to do this. Like, you don't get to do that. Can I get a picture with you? Right. Can I get your autograph? You know, like, <laughs> and that was the only time, honestly, in wrestling, that was the only time that I wanted to do that. Um, you know, where uh, we talked about before, you know, I got to meet Mark Hamill and hang out with Mark Hamill. Yeah. He, you know, then I got, you know, even though I got to hang out with him for a couple hours I was still like i got to be um i got to be a fan mm-hmm. and i got to to be a wrestling or a Star Wars fan when I met Mark Hamill. even though I was hanging out with him backstage I still got to be like i got to be a fan and I got to act like one um, it was more it was more challenging with with somebody like a Triple h because you don't get to be that you're equal mm-hmm and so um, that was the most challenging thing so believe it or not when I when I met Vince I, I knew who he was obviously and I knew he was such a polarizing figure but I didn't get to be like uh, I, I knew like, I had really no desire to be like can I get a picture with you you know yeah. I mean or anything like that and and but with you know because he wasn't really my idol he wasn't somebody I grew up wanting to be or you know, or idolizing as a, as a kid. So yeah, somebody like you know Triple H, you know, was was a lot more where I really struggled to like you know talk and have a conversation with, and, and um, you know, he was probably somebody that met me and been like, "Oh, this guy's a mark," you know, <laughs> like this guy, this this guy's never working for us. He's a freaking mark, you know, because I I was so I was I was starstruck by him, and mm-hmm. you know. I didn't even get that way with John Cena. You know, it was just, oh, okay, cool, you know. But but Triple H was the one. But but Vince, I, I turned around and saw him. I was like, oh crap, you know, <laughs> um, a sensitive man. And so um, and then you know, it was more like, don't talk to him on not Donald him And then he reached out to shake my hand, and and you know that to me that that meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, just and people obviously are going to listen to this and not and like it, but you know, um, you know, he, he was nice to me and he was friendly to me and you know, I'm not in his office with his secretaries or anybody. And right. I've never been in there and you haven't either. And they haven't either. And, um, and you know, we didn't help negotiate a $3 million settlement or whatever. And we know all the ins and outs of it. And so, um, but for me, what I met him and my interactions were, um, they were good. And they were, you know, really, really, for me, good memories, you know. Um, so, awesome. it, 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 you know, it's really sad, you know. Um, I was actually talking to a buddy of mine, and it was like, if you remember, like, Joe Paterno, mm-hmm. who, like, had a, the, the legendary coach at Penn State, you yeah. had, you know, and it's like, you know how much his legacy is just you know tarnished, you know, uh, and and that's you know it's really sad when you know when when stuff like this does happen. And, and justifiably, you know, I don't want people getting mad and telling us to go eat poop or whatever. But you know, it it really is sad whenever you know you think about it, and you know, and and you know you have this your whole legacy is tainted and, and ruined. You know, for you know, for your for your decisions, I can. This is completely different, but I always tell my kids in health class. You know, uh, we talk about drugs and stuff and health, and you know, I always tell them. I say, guys, I don't do drugs because I just don't. You know, I, I don't. I don't do drugs, but um, the main reason that I, you know, one of the main reasons that I don't is I said, uh, you know, I. If I die doing them, that's what I'm going to be remembered mm-hmm. doing. Right. And I and I don't want my kids to know that, you know. And so, but why I say that is, you look at somebody like a Chris Farley or a Philip Seymour Hoffman, a mm-hmm. celebrity that died from a drug overdose, and that's what they're known for. Yeah. You know, when you Google them, that's what pops up. And so, you know, when you Google Vince McMahon, it says retires, you know, due to allegations. You know, uh, and so it really does. It, 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 I understand people's frustration because or upsetness because it really does. It does stink, you know, mm-hmm. and it does, you know, it, the people that are diehard Kristen Wall fans, you know, it's, you know, it, it's really hard to, to, to justify when somebody does something, you know, like that. So, um, again, we can only. I feel like it's only fair to judge their body of work and and i think people don't always agree with that but you know um you know like i said i don't view um you know i just i just i am just, just i'm differently you know i i can i can cut it out and, and view it and then also i i'm never going to be the type of guy and people shouldn't either that they are. I'm never going to be the type of guy that's going to judge what somebody does in their personal life or the mistakes that they've made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I'm never going to be that guy. And so, I mean, I mean, look at me. I mean, I hired you as an announcer. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, people can judge me, you know, all day long. I mean, so, um, but yeah, I'm just never going to be that guy. And if that upsets people. Then, you know. That's what we do, but uh, right,
1: and you know. and I think that part of it too with with wrestling, what makes it different from uh, the other forms of entertainment that are out there is when John Cena goes on uh, a late night talk show. He's on there as John Cena, um, you know, the same guy basically that you're seeing on Raw or SmackDown. But when, um, you know, I, I'm just trying to think of an actor off the top of my head when. When uh, Chris Pratt goes on uh, a late-night talk show, he's not Star Lord; he's Chris Pratt. You know, and so I feel like a lot of times we as fans attach that real person and that on-screen character, and, and tie them into one. Whereas you know Harrison Ford can go out and and people aren't like, oh man, it's Han Solo. But Randy Orton goes out and you know he's the same guy on TV as he is behind the scenes or you know when he's out with his family or, or whatever so uh, it becomes a very uh, weird line I think and and you know it, it's hard to for some folks to, to drop that connection between the art and the person who is putting that art out there so or that performance yeah I mean
0: wrestling it is it really is um, you know it, it, wrestling it's just a different world and it's a different um, environment and right or wrong. And, you know, um, and, and there are just, there are, there's some, you know, we've talked about this before. There are some really bad people in, right. uh, but you know, it, it's again, the the characters that we have, the Hulk Hogan's and all these, you know, Ric Flair put out a thing like I wouldn't be who I am mm-hmm. without him you know, the greatest of all time, you know, um, and like I said, and that's where, I, you know, I know people get upset, but love them or hate them, you know, he, he, he gave us these characters and, and I hate to say it, but I mean, it is, you know, characters are, you know, that that's, that's how I run my company. Right. As I tell these, you know, these, these wrestlers, you have a character, no matter what it is, you got to have some sort of character and, you know, it's, you know, that's what you know, even an AEW, which is, you know, primarily just a wrestling company. They're all, they have characters, jungle boy or, you know, yeah. whatever they Darby Allen, their characters, you know, they all have their some sort of character that, they, that they play. And, you know, WWE is the same way, you know? Um, and it's been a, uh, you know a lifelong or uh, you know a, a whole thing of wrestling has been characters that Vince McMahon you know really and he missed the boat on a lot of them you know he really did as a lot of people do uh, but he he also created some great ones and I think without him creating that Hawk Hogan character you know that he came up with and, and really put on the map and made global. Well, I mean it's it really has, it's just changed. I mean, it's, um, you know, I mean, just, you know, me going to OVW is a, pri- is a, it's a great example of, and this is another tangent that I'm going off on, but yeah, you know, when I went to OVW in 2011 and 2012, I didn't have a character. I was just, hey, look at me, I have abs, I'm in great shape, I can do some cool things, but I had no character, none. There, there was no presentation. There was no nothing. And even at APW, I really had no character. My character was, I was general manager at Gold Gym. You know, that was really what my character was. It was Southern Illinois. I looked good. I was tan. I had abs. And the fans liked me because I was local and I was popular. But I really didn't have a character. And at OVW, they were all the time, like, who are you? What do you do? And, um, And then when I went back this last time, I developed a character and and it's so it's so great because like, you know, I I was trying to get Roger work there and stuff. And when Roger called me and told me he was going. I said, do whatever you do. Make sure your presentation is like you're so big, you're so polarizing. You have like you have a character really play that character. And when you're in the ring, play that character, be that character and I can remember after his first match, you know, he, he said, he talked to, to somebody, I won't say, who a big wig at OBW. And the guy said, you know, you play this character when you come to the ring, but you did this when you wrestled. Mm. And I can remember Roger called me and he was like, you were right. They cared about my character. They wanted my character to, to be included in my match. They didn't care about how I wrestled or what I did or what I hit them with. They cared more about my character being the same. And he's like, you're right. And so now that's what he does. And other guys that go there, you know, go to a bigger place that reach out to me. I tell them, you know, make sure your wrestling style fits your character. And make sure you stay in that character the whole time. And that is, again... What I learned from OVW and WWE guys and former WWE guys and private tryouts, and and that's that's the one thing that I, that I've learned, um, and I've been able to pass on, and that came down from Vince McMahon's mind, mm-hmm. and and from what he established in these people.
1: Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, you know, the influence of of you know whether it's the production side of things, the marketing, the the you know, everything that he has basically touched over the last forty years has turned into uh, lessons, whether lessons that are, are good or lessons that are bad, you know, the failures that, that we talked about very briefly, XFL and WBF and some of the, you know, the casino and the restaurant and, and those ventures, but also, you know, the presentation, the production taking some of those elements from the XFL that then got applied to the NFL or things that are done in wrestling that are used in other forms of entertainment. I mean, he has a very high standard when it comes to uh, his brand and and what he puts out there. And I think, for me, that is one of the things that I appreciate and and respect about him is, you know, that attention to to detail and that can-do attitude and that not giving up. You know, I think back in, in... the early eighties when he acquired the company or, or purchased it from his father and and went to, to put Saturday night's main event together and WrestleMania and, you know, all of those things where he was tying in the music world into uh, the wrestling world. It, it took a lot of balls to do that. And, you know, there've been stories about, you know, putting the house on the line and, and, you know, Vince or Linda and Stephanie and, and, and Shane were all, you know, part of this as well. And so the fact that he bet on himself and and moved forward, and and it worked for many, many years. And so for that, I appreciate and respect that. And again, what happened behind closed doors, we don't all really know the true 100% story. Not here to justify or defend anything that he did in those cases, but I'm here to tell you from a fan's perspective, um, I appreciate and, and put him on a very short list of those creators like George Lucas like Walt Disney like Jim Henson that created this universe for lack of a better word for me when I was 10 years old and now that I'm almost 50 I still love it just as much today as I did 40 years ago so that's kind of my piece and my final thoughts do you have anything else that you uh want to get out there
0: no, that's the same. I mean, like uh, again, it is. Um, you know, I, I wish people do. You, by no means, if you don't agree with what he did, don't praise him for the kind of man or human being he is. You know, and, and I completely agree with that. But you know, it's what he did. Um, it, it can be separate, and you can separate the two. And um, and you know, what he did for a business and I think is, is great. And there there are a lot of dark sides. You hear a lot of dark stories from people. And a lot of, you know, we touched on them, you know, no insurance and concussions and, you know, working people ragged. And, you know, but again, um, you know, that I think that just comes with, with that line of work. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, it definitely is sad. And you know that 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 stuff does happen, but again, it is we are not we are not praising the things that that he did, and we're not you know we are we are basically saying you know in a way thank you for you know changing the the industry and and doing you know wrestling and, and giving us something to watch and, and and really changing and putting it on the map and uh, and that's what I'm you know. My whole thing was was you know one man you know changed the game and and uh, and and really you know everything that we have today is because of him and um, you know wrestling wise and you know and and it it's a uh, I don't want to say it's sad you know that he's retiring I don't want to say that because I, I think change can sometimes be good so mm-hmm. i don't think it's sad um but it is it is weird yeah
1: yeah it's going to definitely be different and i'm i'm like you I, I think change can can oftentimes be good as well and and i'm i'm excited to see the direction and, and where things go from here
0: yeah i'm too i'm i'm very um, interested i you know i We have a little group chat that we're all in that Mm -hmm. I like to tease the AEW (laughs) fandoms that are in there and the the Ring of Honor guys. But, you know, I I am really excited to see because, I mean, I'm sorry. I I do honestly believe that the going to TG or, you know, the TV 14, I think that the change with that and a lot of the other changes and, and stuff that have happened in this short amount of time. Um, I really, honestly, do think that it is because of new leadership, and and I do, uh, I am excited. I am really excited to see, you know, what a um, what a Triple H and a and, a, and a Stephanie can bring with you know creative with them in charge. Like I, I am very intrigued and interested to see what that looks like, um, and. And maybe that's the triple h mark in me um but like i i am really intrigued to see what they bring to the table and and, and the changes and and I'm, I'm more interested to see you know um you know like, like they say at aew you know tony ponds the booker and he has the final say and he books the tv and all this and you know, I'm
1: I'm really interested to see what WWE does. Yeah. I mean, do you have any thoughts on who it could be? As far as that like last line that that Vince yeah. was, I, I I mean for now I'm i have got to assume it's going to be Stephanie and 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 Nick Khan, but yeah, that it'll be interesting to see. Or you know, does it become Triple H? And is that a position that's better suited? You know, for so long Vince McMahon had stayed out of the ring, and you know. Then he becomes a part of the show, uh, outside of of just the commentary. You know, do you think Tony Khan does a, a fairly good job of keeping himself out of storylines and, and off TV? I know he does some stuff. Uh, he's an, a, annoying as hell, I think, on social media. But <laughs> n- that notwithstanding, you know, he does a pretty good job of staying out of the TV side of things. Do you think that's a, a role that's better suited for someone that just kind of does that behind the scenes, backstage? Uh, Work, or does it need to be someone who has the experience of being in the ring and and being a part of the show and and really kind of walking in those shoes as well?
0: I think the best bookers in the world are the ones that don't want credit for what they do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, me, I'll tease it or whatever, but I don't, you know, a lot of times stuff will happen, you know, and, and people say stuff and, and I'll see people at Stride post that they did this or that. And I'm like, yeah, I booked that you know? mm-hmm. in my mind, you know, but I right. don't go out and say it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that that worked because I, you know, I told that story, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I'll tell you that, like, your message. "I was a great right. show. or I didn't see that happen. I'm like, yeah, I wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but I think the best bookers are the ones throughout history and any company I've ever been with. That you know you don't really get credit for. Like, I got talked greatly uh, about Larry uh, Madoffic up mm-hmm. at SICW, and all the stories that he told, the things he did with me, and nobody had a clue, fan wise, that he was the one booking it or writing it. And you know, and so anyway, um, you know, and, and I think that is what makes a good one. So I would really hope that WWE you know you knew Vince was in charge of creative and you found out later on that he was the final say and he was the one doing it but realistically now you know you you, there's so many conflicting reports is you know you hear like Vince you know Paul Heyman's part of creative again and you hear stuff you know like Daniel Bryan was a part of creative and you hear stuff you know like Bruce Pritchard has been running creative for a while but you don't really know Right, and you and you always kind of figure, okay, it's Vince. Vince came in, and you read that he ripped up the story and threw it all apart, and told them to rewrite the show. And you hear all these stories and stuff, but I'll be honest with you, and and this is for you guys that read dirt sheets. I'm gonna 100 percent tell you, they don't have a flipping clue. <laughs> True, I, I, they don't. I mean. Yeah. And, and i do know people that work there and talk to people and those guys do not have a clue i right. mean they are posting stuff and writing stuff to get you to click on it you know and, and they're getting you to you know um, you know to, to say things i mean there, there was one time i remember i read that brock lesnar and john cena got in a fight backstage you know and and stuff and and when, when me and Ace were there, and that wasn't it. You know, Brock was mad about something, but him and Cena didn't even get in a fight. It was nothing like that. And, and then you, there were stories about Chris Jericho and Brock Lesnar in their fight that got blown up, and then Chris Jericho came out and was like, no, this is the real story that mm-hmm. happened, you know. And so it, it's the the dirt cheeks are always, they're always wrong. You know, they're they're 100%, you know, always wrong. And that goes... Oh, my gosh, look at AEW. You know, for the longest time, it was Cody did all out. And I remember uh, Gold does posting a video of, or a picture or something with Cody with a headset on at an AEW show. And he's running things. And then Cody leaves. And then Tony Khan and these guys were like, well, I was always in charge. Cody was never in charge. Right. He was never. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you know, what do you believe? You know what? You know the the dirt cheats and people, and it changes and it lies. But I think at the end of the day, there's always one person that has the final say and does it. And I think with WWE, it was always Vince McMahon. It, it never was not not Vince McMahon. There's never been a time when that he wasn't the guy. And but what I'm getting at is there's always times. When you don't really know. You think you know, but you don't really know. And and that's why I brought up AEW. Like, okay, we heard it was Cody and we heard it was the Young Bucks, and then we heard you know, we heard that they were all doing it, and there's a booking committee and there wasn't a booker. Remember that? AEW yep. there's not really yeah. a booker. Yeah. You know, there's all of us. And then we find out, no, it's always been Tony. Tony's always been in charge. <laughs> and so, you know, it's what I'm saying is like, I'm just interested to see who that guy is going to be. Because it's going to be somebody. Right, sure. And and be. I don't think it's going to be Nick Khan. Because I just, I don't think he's that guy. And I don't think he wants to be that guy. I don't think that's his strength, is to book wrestling shows. And so, and I don't think it's going to be Stephanie, because I don't think Stephanie is that person who wants to book wrestling shows. Uh, you know, it's completely different owning and in running a company than it is booking a company and so or booking storylines and having that creativeness so i'm just i'm really interested to see you know i mean it you hear stuff where you know bruce pritchard was always a yes man mm-hmm. that's what he was and, and he always is so is like is he does he really have the creative juices or was he just always doing what Vince told him to do who is going to be that guy you know and i and i do i think my opinion is, I think we could possibly have a Triple H being the head of creative. I, I, I if I was to guess, if it doesn't sell within the next six months, I think Triple H will eventually be the head of creative. Mm. That's that's my opinion. Yeah. Maybe on a mark. Um, a- that is my opinion. That's what I. Uh, that's what I think, um, and I'm really interested to see. Where, what happens with, uh, you know, Shane McMahon, you know, yeah. moving forward? Something we haven't really talked about. Um, you know, he's, we've read in the last few months he has been backstage. He has done stuff with the company, even though the dirt shit, she said he was tired. Right, um, right, was laughable. <laughs> um, you know, um, but um, I'm interested to see where he falls. You know, in all of this. You know um, if, if he's brought on to do something if if you know i obviously not creative but um, some sort of executive role and and um just really interested to see where it all where it all plays out but i'm really interested to see who who is that face of wwe that is the face of the creative
1: yeah it, it's definitely going to get interesting to say the very least um Thank you very much for sharing your perspective, sharing your stories from meeting Vince McMahon and, and kind of your insight as, as a wrestling promoter, booker, and, and owner of a company yourself. So, uh, always a good conversation with Tyler Heath Hatton, friends. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of the My One, Two, Three Cents podcast, and we will talk again very soon.
0: This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network.